Welcome to Page It to the Limit, a podcast where we explore what it takes to run software in production successfully. We cover leading practices used in the software industry to improve both system reliability and the lives of the people supporting those systems. I'm your host, Mandy Walls. Find me at LNXCHK on Twitter. Hi folks, welcome back to Page It to the Limit. This week I have with me some folks from the ops.io community. And I'm gonna have them introduce themselves, tell us a bit about what you do, who you are, all that great stuff. Brad, why don't we start with you? Hey Mandy, so yeah, I'm Brad Johnson. I'm broadly a member of the DevOps and cloud community um, as a director of product marketing over at Blink Ops, but for the ops community, I'm a moderator of the ops community. And so I'm really excited to talk to you all about a community we've been building for about a year that um, I hope is relevant to everyone who listens to Page It to the Limit. Awesome, and Ella? I am also a moderator over at the Ops community. Unlike Brad, I don't generally work in the tech space as a employee of tech companies. I work as a freelance community manager in developer communities. So coming from a slightly different perspective, but in terms of the Ops community, it's just one of many tech spaces that I exist in as a community person and as Brad said, you know, we're trying to build a really exciting and welcoming space. That's awesome. We've had a couple other shows in the past couple of years about different kinds of communities. We talked to a, a friend of mine who runs an open source community. We talked to some other folks who run communities for commercial software companies. Ops.io is something a little bit different. Why don't you give us the story there? Like, how do you describe the ops community and, and what do you hope that it will do for folks? Sure. So the ops community is a place for cloud engineers, platform engineers, DevOps, SecOps to like share career tips and tricks with each other. This is an opportunity for you to share the projects you're working on, questions you have about the things that you're taking on at work. What we identified like this actually like I want to give credit really to two folks that I work with over at Blink Ops, Patrick Londa and Zion Zatlawi. When they hired me, they had approached me with this idea and they said, hey, look, we're a company that doesn't have an open source offering. But we want to have a conversation with folks who are working on the same kind of problems that we're having. And what we identified was there's places like Dev.2, where there were strong, enthusiastic communities, early career developers, but it was really broad as far as the skill sets that they had. It was front-end developers, it was back-end developers, and there was a cloud conversation happening there, but it wasn't like a big piece of what was going on. And so we wanted to build a similarly vibrant community, but really focused on the cloud space. So looking into different platforms and different ways to build this out, we really liked what Dev.2 was doing. And so we ended up partnering with Forum. And that's actually how we got partnered up with Ella in the first place. Um, and so Ella, like maybe you want to jump in and share a little bit about like when we first approached you. Yeah. So I think that, what again, what Brad says is really exciting about the ops community is that it really emerges from this kind of confluence of an awareness of what is going on in re with regards to tech communities in general and a, a real kind of sense of awareness of the kind of community space for devs, but also a lot of self-awareness about like, you know, the kind of place that DevOps occupies within the tech ecosystem. And I think that one of the things that we talked about was how, for example, with dev.to, it tends to be very beginner friendly because it's very beginner friendly. It's weighted heavily towards those technologies that do tend to be more beginner friendly. So front end web dev stuff. And the great thing about the ops community is that not only is it a destination for people who are in DevOps and who do tend to have a bit more experience and a bit more maturity within the tech space, but it also, the voice is really relevant to 
that audience as well. So the content is accessible, but at the same time, it's not patronizing. There's an assumption that when you're coming there, you know what you're coming for and nobody needs to explain to you what DevOps is. It's really exciting to be working with a team who has an idea of like, you know, who their audience is, who their target community member is, and then being able to build a community that really represents the voices and the interests of those community members. I want to jump in because one of the things that's, I think, really unique about DevOps as a community, like writ large, is that it's largely a brand driven community because so many of these tools have enterprises behind them, backing them, even if they've started as open source projects, they organically end up turning into companies just because DevOps is something that's so valuable in so many different organizations. So because of that, we've identified the ops community as a place where really we can bring in different DevOps brands and where we can bring in the communities that are associated with those platforms. So it's why the ops, I think, fits DevOps better than uh, maybe some other communities do because we're brand agnostic and we're really trying to work with as many different brands as possible. Like it's definitely not something like as a marketer for Blink Ops, I don't think of the ops community as a Blink Ops effort. Like this is something that we're trying to grow for everyone. So talk a bit about what it provides for folks who aren't familiar with dev.to or uh, haven't seen ops.io yet. It's not Slack. It's not like a question and answer forum. Why don't you walk folks through like what the basic premise is that the platform provides? Yeah. So in my head, in terms of like my community person hat, I see the format of forum, the software that the ops community runs on, that that dev.to runs on, codenewbie.org's community also runs on there. I see the format as more like Tumblr, I think, than a lot of other types of kind of community spaces that we may be accustomed to. So there's like this kind of this place for long form content. So you can treat it just like, a, you know, your own blog if you want to with a comment section below a long form post. But similarly, it does lend itself more than a personal blog does to engaging with each other, to cross-referencing each other's content. It's a really useful tool for syndicating your content from like multiple sources and for redirecting folks, maybe if you have a team blog already as a brand, to then being able to syndicate that content into the community and have a brand presence in the community without necessarily having a branded community. So being able to rub shoulders with you know, folks who are brand affiliated, but also folks who are brand neutral and, you know, people who are just kind of hacking on some ops hobbies, as well as people who are actually really senior in the field um, and having these kind of conversations, uh, you know, across the board where there's an openness and there's a flexibility to the format without it necessarily being structured in a way that you'd expect like a forum to be where everything is categorized really rigidly. The community team at PagerDuty, like the way we got into all of this is we were looking for other places to post our technical content rather than our marketing blog as like the marketing blog is for marketing and the technical stuff we do is mm, sometimes doesn't fit and also like sometimes needs a longer format so we can add code and, and all that kind of stuff. So we had looked at dev.to and we've been posting things there for a little while, but it has a very specific sort of persona that really thrives there and it wasn't the best fit for our content we're headed for folks who who know a little bit more about what their services are doing and how they're going to do with them in production versus the sort of beginner so when the ops.io popped up and i think i saw it mentioned by rich burrows on twitter or something we were like we need to head there let's give this a shot and we've been posting stuff there for about six months so like it's been super helpful for us to like find a different expansion for our audience for 
different folks that are out there, but also have a place where we can post our technical content that isn't like lost in the marketing blog that lives at pagerduty.com. So from that perspective, it's been really great. And we've been really encouraged by the uptake from folks like you at PagerDuty, Mandy, and like the New Relic team, um, Memphis.dev, Argonaut. Um, there are lots of other teams in the ops community that have taken to it and started publishing their content. They're really excited about it. I think when Patrick and I were planning initially for the ops community, like our year-end goals, because community building's hard. Like Ella knows this better than anybody. Our original goals were like for 500 members by the end of the year. And what happened was when we first launched the ops community, we had actually done a promotion where we were giving away mechanical keyboards to members who published, you know, X number of posts within a certain period of time. And due to the enthusiasm for that giveaway, but also just for the idea that there was a community for this type of content, like we passed 500 members within that first week. And so, you know, we had to completely reevaluate. So today it's, you know, it's a growing community of about 1500 practitioners over 2023. I certainly hope to see that grow even more. So welcome everybody, you know, come sign up at community.ops.io. In general, like we are thrilled by how many folks have been coming to the platform, have been publishing, you know, really strong content about what matters to them and what they're building at work. It's been really exciting for me. Yeah. Have you been surprised by any of the other folks that have joined, like who's sort of found you or any like notable members or exceptional posts that have come through so far in the in the first year of life? Yeah, Ella, you wrote the Ops Legends post, so maybe you want to shout some people out. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that I found really great about the cadence that the community's fallen into recently is just how many teams are posting quite regular technical content. It seems like a lot of folks are kind of trying to get something up every week, and that really forms the bedrock of a community where other people can then come in and they can access a wealth of content, but they can also participate incrementally as it suits them. And I think we really have like a lot of different perspectives represented in the community. So as well as your team, Mandy, as Brad said, you know, the teams from New Relic and Argonaut, we also have Sarah Lean, Techie Lass. Sarah Lean has published some fantastic Microsoft Azure content. Daniele Polensic publishes some fantastic content, and we've been really excited when he posts Anna Cosma posts some fantastic content as well. There, there are some really members of the community who have blown my mind with the, the quality of material that they're publishing on the community. Right. And, and I think that a big part of that is just having that framework of like your team posting regularly and being able to create this kind of like fresh content feel that makes it more welcoming for people who maybe can't post as regularly, but still have really great content to share. So when it comes to community, we really need like those kind of multiple levels of content creators and contributors. It's really exciting to see the regular content as well as these one-offs that tend to be, you know, deep dives, tutorials, things that maybe take a little bit longer to prepare, but also take a bit longer to digest. Yeah, definitely. I think the format's simple. It's definitely like feels like a blog post, but like at the same time, like the barrier to entry there is therefore very low. Like I don't have to like set up a WordPress and put in these plugins and do all this thing. And like, you just go to my account, click create post, and magic happens. Yeah, and there's people there to read it already, right? You don't need to build an audience for your blog because there's already folks who are waiting for you to publish. Yeah, absolutely. As you look back on your the first part of the, the life cycle here, are there lessons learned or things that you might have done differently that you now see in retrospect might have helped you out? A big lesson learned for me is that like we had a big burst of enthusiasm early in our community growing, but community building is really a hand-to-hand -hand sport. And so 
it's something where you need to be investing continuously and you need to be building that excitement continuously. And so not only does that mean like engaging with the members of your community and publishing your own content and then reading and engaging with their content, but it's also about like nurturing that community and giving it a sense of identity and giving it, you know, activities where people can come together and collaborate together and work together and form those relationships organically. And so that's really, as we turn towards 2023, like really the area where you want to be investing more in is creating activities where we can take members of the ops community and we can bring them together. We can give them fun activities just so that like people can form those organic connections. And so the next time that they publish their blog post in the ops community, those friends that they made in that ops community event or on that ops community blog post that just had that fun topic, they now have those connections and they can build off and they have that many more friends in the ops community. Right. Literally community feeling of being part of something else. And yeah, I think that one of the things that we have enjoyed learning over the past year is who our community members are, who who were those early adopters, who were the people who came and they just got straight in and started publishing regular content, who are the people who maybe go away for a little bit and then come back um, and come back with great content and being able to really identify who these people are helps us to then know where to pitch our efforts with regards to these types of activities that Brad's talking about. We have some really strong tutorial writers who maybe aren't around all the time, but when they do come in, they publish like a series of really strong tutorials and then they'll go away and they'll hack on some stuff for a bit longer and then they'll come back and share what they've learned. So there are like, you know, multiple cohorts in the community and there are like multiple people who who need different things. Learning who those folks are and really getting to know the people that we work with, I think is, is what al- will allow us next year to lean into those strengths. I'm looking forward to seeing like what comes next and who else comes on board and, and what other things I can sit and read when, when I have some free moments as things come through the, the feed, which has been really great. So one of the things that we kind of ask folks about on the show occasionally is to debunk some myths, right? So a couple of things here, right? Like, are there myths or common misconceptions about the ops community that you'd like to debunk or just more generally like building communities for technical people sort of in general? Totally. So I'll tackle some first, but I know Ella's got some myths about community building and I definitely want her to spend some time on those as well. But first of all, like a common misconception that a lot of people have about the ops community that I just want to clarify for everyone is that while we're built on the same platform as dev.to, we're built on Forum, which is a fantastic platform for building a community. And if you're building a community, I recommend reaching out to them. But uh, we are a brand agnostic community. Um, we're supported by companies like BlinkOps. Um, but the ops.io exists as an independent entity to serve the ops community. Uh, and so it's something where if you're interested in becoming involved, if you're interested in becoming an organizer or a moderator of the ops community, if this is something where you think this is a great idea and you want to become a part of it, reach out to people like me and Ella, because this is absolutely something where you can take a, a firsthand role in, in steering where we go into the future. So that's number one is the ops community is independent and it's a place where you can get involved if you're interested too. Number two, I mentioned that we're sponsored by companies like BlinkOps. And then lastly, like I mentioned this earlier, but DevOps is weird. Like this is a relatively new industry within the last 10, 15 years. We are finding our identities uh, and we are a unique mix of people. Like we're highly diverse. We have unique interests. We have lots of different grassroots communities like DevOps days. We have different places where we go read content. Um, We have social media networks that we engage in, whether, you know, we're big into Mastodon now or Twitter or wherever like your home is, whether you're living in Discord channels or Slack channels, 
or whether you're really big into Reddit, everyone lives in different places. And so these hubs that we can find where folks that are working on different projects, working in different places, working at different companies can come together. I get really excited about them. I know Ella does too. And so that's kind of like the big thing for me is this is a place where I'm trying to connect the people that I've worked with at past jobs, people that I work with at future jobs. Like this is why I'm excited about community building as a whole. Ella, would you mind sharing like some misconceptions about community building? Because like you have a ton of valuable experience that I think a bunch of people who are building communities in their jobs would be interested to hear. Hell yeah. I mean, I actually want to start with the fact that, you know, you need to be a community person to build community. I think we all have a capacity for community building and certainly in a community like the ops community and in any kind of community that you maybe exist in, building community is as simple as just telling somebody that you've read their post. You know, like that's really the beginning steps. And there's no prerequisite to the kind of information that you need to feel like you have. Um, or the types of qualifications that maybe you carry, whether in community or in the technical field that you're in right now, there's no bar to entering community and to participating and building it. So I think that like that's one of the big things that I'd love to get across to folks is if you're in the ops community or you're curious about the ops community, you're welcome in the ops community and you're welcome to contribute and to participate and to engage no, no matter where you're coming from. That goes across the board for all communities. Just a shameless little plug, I uh, recently worked with Michael from Forum um, on a course for community professionals who are thinking about moving into DevRel. Our perspective on that is also that you you don't need to be a developer to work in developer communities. Bring empathy, bring, bring curiosity, and bring a willingness to learn um, and to be out of your debt. And you can create community wherever you go. So I think there's like two major things about community that we can debunk right now. Awesome. I love that. Absolutely. And I will say, yeah, like one of the things I like about the Ops.io community and like Brad kind of mentioned this too, like there's, there's all these communities all over the place and like you step into like an established community, it can be kind of tough and like everybody know already knows everybody and, and knows what's going on. And there's a bunch of inside jokes and like, there's all this, especially on things like Reddit and some of the Slack channels and things like that. And it can be hard to like, acclimate yourself to whatever might be the cultural norm for those communities because they've been established for so long because you're only interacting them with them over text like you're missing everything else that comes with sort of interacting with people and I find some of those can be really kind of harrowing to to step into for the first time and you're like oh I don't I don't know anyone here and it's really weird yeah so the low barrier to entry for things like the ops community, it's so nice to just like get in there and, and get involved with stuff. And if you do get stuck, if you're not sure what to do, reach out to me and Ella. Tag us. You know, we're, we're available within the ops community and our jobs are to reach out to you and help you out. Awesome. So a couple final questions we'll wrap up with. Some things that we have as recurring questions. Sometimes we skip them, but, you know, we've got some some folks here who have some good insights. So What's one thing you wish you maybe had known sooner about sort of all of this kind of activity and the things that you're working on right now? I want to like draw back to my experience working on the Netlify team before I joined at BlinkOps. When I was at Netlify, I was a product marketer and I was embedded on a software development team. And so that was really my first experience being a member of a software team, you know, in sprints, trying to figure out what was going on and contributing as someone who's essentially writing documentation. Now that documentation was being communicated as marketing material. But what I learned was observability is really important. And not only is observability really important, but you have to plan it into your development cycles really, really early, or you're not going to get that analytics on the back end. 
And so me as a marketer, when we were developing products on the team, I had to plan from first principles what analytics I wanted to know about as a marketer for the marketing team that I was going to report out on later on. And it forced me to be a better marketer. And it also forced me to work better with developers. I'm sure I made some DevOps and SREs very unhappy earlier in my career was when I wasn't aware of this going on. But it gave me a sensitivity for the roles that DevOps plays in the development process and in obviously like that day two operations process or afterwards where your marketing team is saying, hey, the product launched, are there users? What are they doing? Well, if that marketer wasn't providing what information they needed up front, there may be a fire drill on the back end to instrument that again. And so if you're a non-technical stakeholder in a product development process, like be mindful of the fact that there are maintenance folks that have to figure out that analytics and you may be making their job harder by withholding information earlier in the process. Oh my gosh, that's such a great piece of insight. Observability for marketers, observability for product owners, like that's a whole space that could need some content in there, I think, Brad. Like that's kind of amazing. Hit me up, Mandy, I'm available. (laughs) Fantastic. Ella, anything? Yeah, I really have nothing to add. I think that the same goes for community as well. This is something that I think we, we run into time and time again in the community spaces. We typically don't use software that we've been part of the development process for. So we are constantly realizing that the things that we need, things that would optimize our community management are not built into the product at all. Um, and that observability just doesn't exist for a community either. So if you wanted to add that to your list, Brad, you could totally combine all causes under one banner. I think we have a whole content plan going on here. I think this is good. This is good stuff. Um, so is there anything that you're glad we didn't ask you about? Like, we kind of glanced over in general, like, thank you for not covering any technical concepts for me because, like, look, I am new to DevOps and Ops in general. Like, I just joined Blink Ops in late 2021. This is a new field for me. I have experience with front-end developers. I have experience with back-end developers. But y'all have so many acronyms. I am just now wrapping my head around, like, the basics, like IAC and CICD. And, like, now I'm having to tackle, like, deeper cybersecurity stuff. And so like now I have to learn about like SOAR automation and now I have to learn about like EDR, XDR. And like, so there are only so many letters in the alphabet and I thought I had learned how to use them all properly, but now I'm having to learn them in whole new ways. And so thank you for not asking me, Mandy, about any of that. (laughs) I totally sympathize. I've been doing this for a a whole lot longer than just a couple of years, but like, yeah, there's still stuff, especially like you say in cybersecurity where like, I have no idea what you're talking about when you say SOAR, is it S-O-R-E? Cause that's how it makes everyone feel. So I just, yeah, I don't know. Ella, anything else to add for folks? I think the only thing, I I don't have an answer to your question that adds any value besides what Brad said. We would like to add is that everybody's welcome at the Ops community. We'd love for folks to join up and reach out to us. You don't have to join up to be able to engage with the content, read the content, explore the site. So, you know, there's no kind of necessity to sign up right away if you just want to like take a look around and lurk for a bit. We would love for you to get to a point where you're comfortable with with joining us because the one thing that communities like ours really thrive on is questions. So not just content, like we love the content, we welcome the content, but if you start asking questions about other people's content, like that's when you're going to see the magic happen. So if you have any questions, if anybody has any questions about DevOps, no matter what, we have incredibly helpful and knowledgeable people who are present in that space to help you out at any time. Yeah, awesome. 
And then for me, I, I wouldn't be a marketer if I didn't leave with calls to action. And so here are my calls to action for everybody, which are, if you're a DevOps or platform engineer, go sign up for the ops community at community.ops.io. If you are a brand ambassador or advocate or DevRel or represent a DevOps brand, and you are interested in better promoting your content on the ops community, reach out to us. Ella and I have tons of ideas and ways that we can help you out in the ops community. It doesn't cost anything. Mandy can verify this. Like We just want you all to get your content out to the people that want to read it. Uh, and so reach out to us and, and let us know how we can help. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put all the links in the show notes for folks. You can join up at Ops.io. You can follow the Twitter account. It's Learn About Ops. And there's plenty of good content on there. And I hope folks who have the time and, and want to like get to join up because I like reading through all the stuff. And the more you give me to read, the more it gives me to think about too. So. And, and a big thank you to you, Mandy, for being a member of the community. Yeah, I'm, we're happy to be there. It's been really good for us. Uh, the engagement's been really nice. And yeah, I mean... We're here to help folks use our product better, but also learn about what other folks are doing that makes us better at what we do. So it's all interconnected and it's great to have a community platform to do that on. Any parting wisdom for, for folks? I have very little wisdom. I think I've spent it all. <laughs> it's still really early for you though, to be fair. So it is early in the morning. I would I would just say like if if y'all are looking for a place that's not Twitter right now, then like this is another thing that we can we can help to solve your problem. You don't need to get on the Fediverse if that's not your jam. Um, you can just come and join us over here at the Ops community. Fantastic. I will hope to see lots more folks over there. You can follow our uh, account. We're PD Community on the Ops community. Um, that's our blog account for our team. Um, so we'd love to hear from more folks and, and hopefully folks post and we'll be able to follow you back and build more ops community. Well, thank you both for being here. This has been great. Uh, we're having a great experience with your with your program. So I hope uh, this helps other folks get acclimated and join up so we can have more friends on the way. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. And thank you for helping get the message out, Mandy. All right, folks, thank you for joining us this week. We will wish you an uneventful day. That does it for another installment of Page to the Limit. We'd like to thank our sponsor, PagerDuty, for making this podcast possible. Remember to subscribe to this podcast if you like what you've heard. You can find our show notes at pageittothelimit.com, and you can reach us on Twitter at pageittothelimit using the number two. Thank you so much for joining us, and remember, uneventful days are beautiful days. <laughs>